Hello, everyone. Welcome to this month's edition of our Spotlight podcast. Uh, instead of Andy, I've got Matt Briggs with us today, our investment specialist. And after the recent quarterly earnings period, uh, he was he was interested and keen to sit down with me and ask me a little bit more about what we found out as a research team after after this quarter's results. Matt, how are you? Uh, good morning, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. Uh, so uh, why don't why don't we dive right in because these are all things that um, investors and advisors are very interested in. Um, so every 90 days, uh, public companies release their um, quarterly earnings results and host conference calls. And we get a lot of headlines, articles, reports commenting on uh, com company developments and uh, financial results over the last three months. Um, getting away from the popular coverage, let's look at some of the devil in the detail or the overlooked but important nuggets um, that you guys have found. Yeah. Um, and so, um, Chris, it'd be good to hear about some of these surprising, impressive or perhaps astonishing updates to come from Q3 earnings period um, for the Montecas uh, portfolio companies. All right, sure, where do you want to start? So why don't we start um, just straight at the top of the portfolio, Amazon, um, top uh, holding in the portfolio. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amazon's obviously known for its online retail operations, Amazon.com, and as the largest uh, cloud computing platform in the world with AWS. Um, but something else has uh, caught your eye in Amazon's result recently. Yeah, yeah. I think apart from those two really big behemoth businesses um, that everybody knows about, lesser known is that Amazon actually has a digital advertising business as well. And what we saw in the recent results is that that business is now doing a run rate of $50 billion of revenues on an annualized basis. That's up 25% since last year. So it's the fastest growing of all the digital advertising platforms that we, we follow. And as a result of that, um, Amazon's advertising business is now approaching 40% of the size of Meta or Facebook and Instagram's combined advert, digital advertising business. That's the number two advertising business in the world. So that means now um, Amazon is right in the conversation when we talk about the biggest digital advertising platforms in the world right alongside um, google and meta and and i think what's really startling is that there's still a massive runway ahead for amazon they've they've still got um they've still got a lot of work to do to keep improving their advertising offering and they've got such a massive audience whether that is on the e-commerce side that you mentioned um, or if it's across their their media properties, you know, that they have Prime Video and they've recently um, started screening Thursday Night Football over in, over in the United States. So across those, across those properties that they own and they operate, they've got a, a, lot of, a lot of real estate and a lot of inventory for advertisers and a massive audience. And, you know, they get to see all the data as well. And they get to see how well the ads perform and how well it converts into purchases for the for the advertisers. Um, that's all really valuable data that they can feed back and that they can measure and demonstrate the value of their advertising to um, to the marketers, to the brands. And that means that their advertising business is just going to continue to grow strongly for um, for quite a few years still to come. Right. 
Um, so maybe moving across to uh, one of the portfolio's outlier positions. Um, Spotify is one we believe has a great chance of becoming a future winner. Um, what struck you about uh, Spotify? Yeah, I know it's one that you love as well. You're always it- interested to give me the latest <laughs> headline about Spotify. Yep. They just they just released uh, audio books, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely in um in the UK and Australia, I think, right? How many have you read or listened uh, to? Uh, you don't read still, anymore. Still just seeing out the end of my um, Audible subscription, which has now been cancelled. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Survey N of one. Yeah, says, exactly. Uh, yeah, it says the world's moving to Spotify, and it's not. Well, you're already a Spotify subscriber, but you're now going to be one of 600 million Spotify subscribers by the end of the year. That number was 500 million at the beginning of the year, so they've added a cool 100 million users over the past, well, effectively over the year of 2023. Um, and we've also started to see price increases after many years of stable pricing. The Spotify's prices are, are going up. So that's all really, really good for revenue growth. And, you and you, you know, in the recent result, management um, guided to north of 20% revenue growth which is a, a massive acceleration um, from the from the previous quarters. But what I think is really impressive is that all of that growth is being achieved not just with um, moderating cost growth, but actually with costs falling. And Spotify called out in particular the productivity of their marketing spend. So while they're while they while they're growing like a weed. Um, they're spending less and less to be able to do that, to be able to achieve that that growth. And the net effect of that is that it means Spotify's earnings are inflecting. And it was only just at the beginning of the year that Spotify was trying to um, trying to reach a state of break-even profitability. Well, they've gone through that now. They'll go through it again next quarter, and it's only going to get better throughout 2024 as we as we look ahead. And uh, I think that's going to be a really big driver of where the stock price goes over the next couple of years. And that, that's really the point that everyone was waiting for or, or waiting to see uh, with, with Spotify from that inflection point that you talk about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's why we call it an outlier position, you know, a little bit different to obviously different to an Amazon or some of the more established businesses in our portfolio. We were pretty confident that um, Spotify was going to win the audio space in the future. Um, but, you know, they were still developing their their core service and their product and their pricing plans. And really, we needed to see them demonstrate that pricing power that that was going to enable them to grow and grow well ahead of their, their costs. And, you know, we like what we're seeing today. Great. Um, let's switch gears to asset management. And in particular, alternative asset management. And Blackstone is the world's largest uh, alts manager. And what what impressed you in uh, in Blackstone's recent results? What's impressive about Blackstone and also KKR, which is another one of the large alternative asset managers that we own, is how how well they've diversified their business. So it's really easy to think about Blackstone as the the corporate raider of the 1980s that used to raise you know, buy out, leverage buyout funds from um, typically pensions and, and endowments and and, um, and they would use that money to fund private equity de- deals. 
but it's actually become a much bigger, broader platform today. And so in the last result, what you saw is that private credit and insurance uh, deals actually were responsible for over half of the $10 billion, $10 billion of inflows that they had in that single quarter. And that space is, is thriving. And credit and insurance together now account for $300 billion of Blackstone's total assets under management, which are a, tr a trillion dollars. They've just, they've just tipped over a trillion dollars. Um, so getting up towards a third of the entire business. And it's going to keep growing very, very quickly. Um, Blackstone has one of the best platforms for credit investing. Um, they have relationships with a lot of investors who are looking for alternative fixed income investments at a, at a time when the traditional providers of that capital, the traditional lenders like the banks, are pulling back because they've got restrictions on them, um, regulatory constraints that are becoming more and more onerous. So uh, there's a there's a gap in the market and Blackstone moved really quickly, not just to, to fill it, but to accelerate their business in that direction. So it means in a tougher environment for, say, public equity deals, uh, pub, uh, sorry, I should say private equity deals, um, where their fundraising has probably slowed down a little bit on that front, um, cyclically, the structural growth that's come in credit and uh, also the insur from insurance clients has been able to pick up the baton and their assets under management keep growing and they keep having massive inflows into their business as a result of of that and sometimes gets you know often gets missed by by um by many people in in the market uh, maybe because they they remember blackstone from a different era yeah and is, is it fair to say that the market was a bit more focused on some of those shorter term slowdowns rather than the continuing kind of longer term growth as it were yeah absolutely i i think time and time again you see that the broader market reaction to um, to news and developments is myopic, um, and and I, I think even on the private equity front, some of the some of the slowdowns and, and challenges that the alternative asset managers have experienced over the last year or so uh, will prove to be cyclical because uh, the big asset allocators around the world, the pension funds, endowments, increasingly insurance companies, but also also private retail investors are putting more and more money into alternative assets and private equity deals so i can tell you uh you know that would i can tell you another another interesting um uh, development that came out of blackstone's result is that blackstone now have a private equity fund that retail investors can invest into and sort of completes the suite for them um, they now have products for retail investors across private equity credit real estate um and and uh and that that completes all of those asset classes and their offerings to the private wealth uh channel as well that's an 80 trillion dollar dollar channel for them and a massive growth opportunity over time these are all such uh incredibly big numbers that you can the talk big about numbers aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know how many zeros uh, in a trillion so i sometimes have to remind myself <laughs> you're you're the uh, you're you're the smart one. You tell me. Um, okay, so we couldn't leave without saying something about Microsoft. Um, uh, obviously, the the company's yeah been a standout. Um, so the stock's up what more than fifty percent yesterday or something. 
Yeah, yeah, um, it's been just, a cracker. So what, uh, what, what the latest result then? Yeah, Microsoft this year has been what I would say is the poster child for artificial intelligence. Uh, between their partnership with OpenAI, the company that uh, developed the model that's behind ChatGPT, as well as their development using that that technology from OpenAI of co-piloted versions of their office applications. So um, you can do some really impressive things with uh, Microsoft Office and Excel and, and Outlook now. Because you have you'll you'll have it'll come with a, a um, an assistant you know within the application to to guide you and uh, look what I think was really outstanding in this recent result is that artificial intelligence products and services are already making quite a big contribution to Microsoft's results and in particular the management team called out um, AI adding three percentage points of growth to their Azure cloud business. Now, when you translate that to dollars, it means that AI is adding one and a half billion dollars or more in annualized revenues uh, to Microsoft's top line. And at the beginning of this year, nobody was talking about artificial intelligence. And, you know, here we are 10 or 11 months later and and we're looking at a business that is growing really, really quickly, but it's already established itself as a as a billion dollar plus business within the Azure cloud offering. And and look, that's before the release and the monetization of the Office Copilot versions, which uh, were went into general release on the first of November, so just over a week ago. And you know, to pick up those those um, high-powered versions of of the office applications users have got to pay you know somewhere in the order of 50 to 80 percent more but it's entirely worth it because they they increase the productivity of of workers desk workers by so much more um so so yeah we're looking forward to seeing what the impact of that's going to be but already ai is contributing nearly two billion dollars to the to the top line on an annualized annualized basis and not for nothing, it, it, it's helped to reaccelerate Azure's growth with inside Microsoft and growth for the quarter there was 30% um, year on year, which is you're quite astounding when you think that the business in, in its entirety, the Azure business in its entirety is approaching $70 billion of annualized revenues and it's still growing at 30%. And that growth rate is higher than what it was at the beginning of the, of, of the year. Um, so we're really starting to see some hockey stick numbers coming out of out of out of Microsoft, and I think even though the share price is up 50% this year, is still fantastic value in that stock because of the improvements in the business and the way they've capitalised on artificial intelligence and the size of the the market that they're playing in and that they're winning. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of answered my question there, but still, still lots to come from Microsoft. Yeah. Plenty. That's great. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Short, sharp one this month, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. Good insights. Right. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks everyone for 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 joining us, and uh, and uh, we'll speak to you again next month, and we might even see if 
Matt can make a cameo appearance um, sometime soon. Thanks again, Matt.